Hi there. So today we're sitting down with our naturopath, Stephen Judge, and we're going to be having a chat about um, histamine intolerance and in particular the relationship that histamine intolerance has with estrogen, one of the most prevalent female hormones. So I'll let you get into it, Stephen. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, <laughs> Jess. So uh, histamine is a fascinating chemical. It's a compound that's involved in the body's immune and inflammatory responses. Uh, so it's most commonly known as being part of the allergic response, which yep. manifests as hives, asthma, redness, you know, typical hay fever symptoms like sneezing, itchy, watery eyes and nose. It does, in fact, though, have numerous other roles uh, in the body, mm -hmm. including uh, regulates gastric acid secretion, uh, gut motility, histamine is involved in neurotransmitter production, mm -hmm. smooth muscle contraction, uh, but it is more famously associated with this classical allergic response. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when people hear the word histamine, this is where their mind would usually yeah. go. I guess that's usually from like they take antihistamines for yeah. people who have allergies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it does have this kind of multitasking role in the body. Yeah. And yeah, in fact, that is why there are particular, there are some medications out there targeted for uh, PMS that actually have antihistamine mm, chemicals in that's it as well. Yeah. It is interesting. We'll get into that yeah. soon. <laughs> uh, but so it does have this kind of multitasking role in the body. Mm -hmm. So histamine intolerance is a term used to describe when there is a buildup of histamine in the body mm -hmm. due to an impaired ability of our body to handle and break down uh, the endogenous histamine that mm -hmm. we make, but also the histamine that we're getting in particular foods. So you can actually consume histamine as well as producing it yes. in your own body. Yeah, histamine yeah. is very ubiquitous mm. across many mm -hmm. uh, very healthy foods. Yeah. Yeah. So when levels of histamine in the body build up because we aren't breaking it down well enough is when the symptoms mm. of histamine intolerance will start to manifest. So a really easy analogy to use to understand this is like a bucket. So mm -hmm. we could normally handle our own histamine production and we should be able to handle the histamine content in foods. But when the bucket starts overflowing because we're not emptying it like yeah. we should be, we start to get symptoms. So mm. the bucket's overflowing because we're not breaking mm. down the histamine and getting it out of the body. Yeah. Yeah. So is it similar to having allergies like because of that mm. histamine? Yeah. Yeah, great question. So before diving into symptoms and treatments and the how and why and other details about histamine intolerance, the most important point to grasp is that we're not talking about having a classic food allergy okay. or an environmental allergy. It is quite different mm -hmm. because uh, histamine intolerance and food allergy, they're completely different mechanisms. Okay. Uh, and because histamine plays so many different parts and the body, uh, symptoms of histamine intolerance are quite broad. Mm. So while also mimicking the symptoms of allergies. So, mm. you know, the classic itchy eyes, sneezing, congestion. Yeah, that does make things confusing, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And on top of that, you don't have to have those classic allergy symptoms to have histamine intolerance. Mm. So like we've discussed in our previous podcast on salicylate intolerance and leaky gut, yeah. Uh, a food intolerance occurs when chemicals in food, so salicylates or histamine, they irritate the nerve endings mm -hmm. of the lining of the gut wall, which can drive inflammatory symptoms, yeah. gut symptoms, respiratory symptoms. 
it's not technically an immune mediated response mm -hmm. like the true allergic response yep. which is a specific immune response an ige reaction to yep. the protein part of foods uh where ingesting these foods when you have an allergy they're almost immediate symptoms yeah you know the typical uh symptoms. Mm. and intolerances can sort of um not appear until like 12 to 48 hours exactly that's right yeah, yeah. Mm. so histamine intolerance can be trickier to pinpoint because it's mm. much easier to link foods with an allergic response yes you eat it uh you tend to have an immediate and clear response yeah. makes it way more obvious to go okay i've just had an allergic reaction to something in milk bread bread egg whatever and i guess that's why food diaries can often be helpful for people trying to pinpoint their reactions but yeah. in saying that it's only going to be useful with these immediate reactions those longer ones are going to be harder to spot aren't they yeah, for sure yeah so yeah with intolerances such as histamine intolerance symptoms manifest due to this progressive increased mm. load of histamine in the body because they're not getting it out yeah and yeah everyone will have this they'll have a different threshold they'll have different amounts of histamine mm. they can handle until they start to get mm -hmm. symptoms so you could eat a very high histamine containing breakfast and be fine but at lunch have a tiny amount but you've just reached your threshold yeah. then you'll have symptoms pushing so, it over the edge yeah yeah mm. so it's not as simple as pointing out one particular food like an allergy it's this accumulation of histamine from a range of foods that eventually will drive symptoms yeah because you're not breaking it down and getting it out of the body. So it's yeah, not as clear cut as yeah. typical allergy symptoms. Mm -hmm. So how would you go about telling the difference between having a true food allergy versus histamine intolerance? How would you sort of pinpoint that? Yeah, so it's really a process of elimination. Mm -hmm. And I guess um, you need to rule out having a true allergy. Mm. So for example, skin prick testing or the rest blood test would be typically performed in the conventional medical world yeah. uh, as well as blood tests looking at particular white blood cells mm -hmm. to assess the likelihood of having a true food allergy. Mm. In saying that those tests typically just contain a small amount of foods and wouldn't sort of look at those components like totally. salicylates, histamine, yeah. 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 And um, if allergies are picked up you'd obviously remove these, hope to see an improvement in your allergy symptoms. Mm. But for ex one of the biggest clues is if you did all this conventional typical allergy testing mm. and you didn't come back for anything, but you still have these classic allergy symptoms, yeah. this is a big red flag mm. of histamine intolerance. Yeah. So, which is so many of the people that we meet. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And um, so there isn't a standard test for clinically diagnosing histamine intolerance itself, mm -hmm. similar to other food intolerances. Um, the only way to really uh, determine food intolerances, mm -hmm. like whether it's histamine, salicylate, amines, is yep. the elimination diet. Mm. So I guess similarly, um, the easiest way to try and see if you may be histamine intolerant mm. is to trial a low histamine diet for at least one week. Mm -hmm. Is usually sufficient to uh, test whether or not you mm -hmm. see a reduction in symptoms. Yeah. Because uh, even if it's just a mild reduction, this usually indicates you have trouble handling histamine. Yeah, it's a good test. Yeah, mm. and you'll need to follow the low histamine diet for a longer period of time while addressing some particular nutrient deficiencies, mm -hmm. looking at restoring your gut health, and a few other things with yeah. your practitioner. So that's a typical sort of naturopathic approach. 
yeah. sort of addressing the underlying cause and trying to sort of build up the system to be able to handle it better. Yeah, yeah. so symptom relief while mm-hmm. addressing underlying yeah. causes for okay. sure. Yeah. And so here at Health and Wellness Australia, we would be using our kinesiology testing method mm-hmm. to see if histamine came up for you in your initial appointment. And if you are reacting to histamine, we prioritise treating that for you. If we suspected you were histamine intolerant, yeah. um, which we would determine based on taking a really detailed mm. case history, mm. just looking at all your symptoms holistically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the positive association technique treatment we do is great because mm. essentially we're desensitizing your immune system to the histamine found in foods. Mm. So essentially it's not only going to accelerate symptom relief, but it's allowing the immune system and the gut to heal in a much yeah. quicker fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And so the added bonus to this is so many clients find they don't have to follow the low histamine diet as strictly as they might usually have mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. like any kind of elimination diet. Yeah. It increases people's threshold for tolerating mm-hmm. histamine-containing foods mm-hmm. because histamine is really quite widespread across a lot yeah. of foods and it's the low histamine diet is super is. restrictive. Yeah. So for me as a clinician, that's extremely valuable mm. because it removes a lot of the psychological stress mm-hmm. around having to follow such a strict diet, yeah. potentially for a longer period of time mm-hmm. if your symptoms are quite intense. Yeah. Um, and in my experience, I've worked with clients who after one treatment, they've had a huge reduction in symptoms wow, and, yeah. you know, almost immediately start eating some yeah. very typical histamine containing foods again. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly increasing the amounts they can have yeah. in a much quicker fashion. Yeah. Um, while other may need, other people may need a few extra treatments if they're super sensitive mm. or they at least to a larger degree have increased this threshold of yeah. foods they can eat. So that's awesome. Depends on the, the person, I guess, as well, how totally. severe it is for them, yeah. Exactly, mm. yeah. But the initial improvement uh, these really sensitive people see has such a huge impact um the clients these clients are so happy with the results yeah. because i mean any sort of symptom relief especially because what we do here is particularly mm. non-invasive mm-hmm. it doesn't have side effects and it isn't just suppressing the underlying problem yeah. you know like taking antihistamines yes yeah. yeah. do which can actually make histamine intolerance worse yes yeah yes mm. and um so it's beneficial in the sense that because doing the Hat treatments here because you're physically feeling better. Mm. You, you're a bit more motivated, yeah. and uh, t- you're more motivated to start following dietary and lifestyle suggestions involved in other parts of the treatment plan. Yeah, um, you know, doing all those things when no one meant mm. to be doing. It's, yeah. it's hard to stick to treatment plans when you can't see results right away. Yeah, yeah. and follow yeah. dietary stuff when you feel awful. Yeah. So non-invasive symptom relief is a huge bonus to mm-hmm. pad treatment mm-hmm. because while perhaps working on deep underlying drivers, histamine yeah. intolerance, and as we typically work through a lot of other food intolerances mm. with our pad treatments, like salicylates, amines, gluten, wheat, dairy, um, you know, with every treatment we do, we're reducing the inflammatory load on the gut. So we're reducing any intestinal permeability mm. and leaky gut. Yep. So essentially the treatments are enabling our gut to heal much quicker yeah. so we can start to break down histamine foods. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it's also just important to highlight um, as part of the process of elimination, we do need to exclude more obvious drivers, 
you know, like yeah. uh, celiac disease. Underlying gut issues, yeah. For sure, inflammatory mm. bowel disease, um, lactose intolerance, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth yeah. is quite common in people with histamine issues. Mm -hmm. So just always keeping in mind to work holistically. Yeah, it's, it's very rare that it's just sort of one condition like this that's driving all symptoms. It's usually sort of a snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be a combination of things. For sure. Mm. So just, yeah, working holistically mm -hmm. and yeah. just, yeah, working with a practitioner who's quite thorough and obviously someone who's familiar with histamine issues. Yeah. Because okay. it, go, it goes very um, unchecked. Yeah. you surprised. Yeah. You know? So speaking of symptoms, what kind of symptoms um, are you looking for with histamine intolerance? Yeah. So as I mentioned a few times earlier, um, it includes what seem like classic allergy symptoms. Yeah. Ingestion, uh, itchy eyes and nose sneezing, hives, but you may not necessarily necessarily have these symptoms at all. Mm. It's common, but not everyone with histamine intolerance experiences these. Um, so other classic symptoms of histamine intolerance are digestive symptoms. Mm -hmm. So more specifically, abdominal cramping, nausea. Mm -hmm. uh, some people even go as far as vomiting quite regularly. Mm. Uh, bloating and loose stools, mm -hmm. diarrhea. Uh, unexplained fatigue is very common. Mm. Uh, people have a tendency to have low blood pressure uh, because what histamine does is it dilates blood vessels. Mm. Uh, some people experience arrhythmia or an irregular heartbeat. Wow. Um, skin issues like intense itching, eczema, joint pain, mm. uh, unexplained kind of tissue swelling. Mm -hmm not just uh, like that's commonly experienced in the lower legs, extremities, yeah. but people kind of feel like they're getting swelling all over their body. Mm, wow. Um, and so a really key symptom in women, just to touch a bit further on the title of this podcast mm. and a really important factor to consider in histamine intolerance, um, uh, anxiety, intense anxiety and other mood disturbances, which are worse around the time of when a woman ovulates mm -hmm. and also premenstrually. Yeah. So this is a very key sign of histamine intolerance, mm. uh, as are headaches or migraines. Mm -hmm. Also, if they tend to manifest or worsen around the time of ovulation. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. So the symptoms of histamine intolerance can have something to do with your hormones. Yes, and wow. the culprit here being estrogen. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so that's really fascinating. Can you break down a bit further how the relationship works between estrogen and histamine? Sure, I'd love yeah. to. So it is really fascinating that yeah. a lot of symptoms that women experience, such as PMS or PMDD, so including anxiety and other mood disturbances, uh, headaches, fatigue, breast tenderness, insomnia, um, can in fact be caused and affect by wow. histamine issues. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the majority of individuals who experience histamine intolerance are women. Mm. So that's kind of a key, obviously, link between yeah. uh, histamine intolerance and estrogen. Mm -hmm. So numerous studies have demonstrated estrogen, particularly the form called estradiol, mm -hmm. uh, it elicits activation of the mast cells. Mm -hmm. So the cells most known for uh, releasing histamine yeah. in when the immune system is activated. Yeah. So there are a few different types of estrogen, aren't there, that we get from different sources because so we can sort of consume it in foods and things like that. This is my very limited yeah. knowledge, but is that sort of how it works? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there's, uh, yeah so there's three different forms of estrogen. Mm -hmm. 
And so estradiol is basically, there's, uh, it's the strongest type of estrogen mm-hmm. um, and it contributes to a huge range of gynecological problems, basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. endometriosis, fibroids, um, endometrial cancer, mm. for example. Yeah. And yeah, so we do, there are phytoestrogen uh, sources mm-hmm. in foods, mm-hmm. uh, which can affect the body in very positive ways okay. and some in quite negative ways. Yeah. Um, one of the bigger issues I would probably say is xenoestrogens. Mm. So uh, estrogens that uh, chemicals that we're consuming from our environment, which okay. are chemically similar to estrogen, mm. and can Confused. increase estradiol mm. quite drastically. Wow. So, particularly yeah. coming from things like plastics. Mm. Yes. So, okay. yeah, it's yeah. a huge problem. Okay. Um, but histamine, it not only triggers mast cell activation, but um, it can also downregulate, sorry. Uh, estrogen <laughs> can not only trigger muscle activation, yeah. um, but it can also downregulate uh, the enzyme diamine oxidase, mm-hmm. DAO, um, and monoamine oxidase, MAO. Yeah. Uh, so these enzymes break down histamine, particularly DAO. Yeah, that's the main one. Yeah, so mm-hmm. estrogen um, reduces DAO enzyme production. Uh, and we normally metabolize histamine via DAO in the gut, mm. which makes histamine down so that we can clear it. Yeah. So if we don't have enough DAO, we run into issues of building up of histamine in the body. Mm. So with women who are quite sensitive to estrogen and have trouble with estrogen clearance, this can be a huge driver mm. of their mm-hmm. histamine intolerance. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes this vicious cycle because mm. estrogen and histamine, they kind of reinforce each other. Yeah. So estrogen in the body triggers histamine release yeah. and histamine production causes increased estrogen production. Mm. And this cycle just keeps perpetuating once the body's overloaded with histamine yeah. and it just keeps increasing estrogen production. Mm-hmm. And particularly messy if we have uh, very high estradiol levels in particular. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I guess... We wanted to have a special focus on this um, part of histamine intolerance with a podcast today because mm. it's so common, yeah. yet very unaware to most clients I meet, yeah. uh, most doctors, and many other clinicians. So I've met numerous women who've tried um, many kind of treatments for the variety of symptoms they experience, mm-hmm. whether it's this anxiety and uh, PMS, heavy periods, painful periods, yeah. uh, all these kind of gut issues and multiple kind of food intolerances. Um, you know, I've tried so many treatments, but they haven't linked these symptoms with histamine intolerance. Yeah. Uh, and when we've gone in and dealt with it, we've seen awesome relief mm-hmm. and then eventually a balancing of all these symptoms. Yeah. So it's really awesome stuff. Yeah. So how would someone know if estrogen might be a driver of their histamine intolerance? What should they look for? Yeah, well, the key here is really for women to be tracking their period mm. because basically histamine rises and falls with estrogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the menstrual cycle, estrogen is highest right before ovulation mm-hmm. and also during the premenstrual time, so mm-hmm. right before they have their period yeah. or day one of their bleed. Yeah. So symptoms of histamine intolerance are most common at the start of the menstrual period. Yeah. And during ovulation Mm -hmm. and just before their period starts. So I've met a lot of women who at 
this point of their cycle, they have a really mm. uh, intense increase of anxiety. Yeah. Of bloating, loose bowels. Yeah. Um, so gut symptoms, uh, mood disturbances, respiratory symptoms. And I think they're often sort of mislabeled as PMS symptoms. For sure. Well. Yeah. 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 Mm. And it's, they've, you know, they've tried kind of uh, just very standard um, herbs, supplements, mm. whatever, for, for anxiety mm. or for PMS or this. But yeah. there's no one's kind of gone in and really targeted uh, treating the histamine yeah. intolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, so I guess the reasons why these symptoms it flare is because estrogen rises so dramatically during these phases of the mm-hmm. menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So as a woman reaches uh, these parts of their cycle, estrogen rises. Mm-hmm. This drives the histamine levels up really high. Yeah. Anxiety intens- uh, intensifies. Someone mm-hmm. might be getting palpitations as well. Mm-hmm. Bowels become loose, a lot of bloating, cramping headaches and migraines yeah, are that's a, a huge one, one here. Yeah. Um, if you're listening and you do typically get headache or migraine uh, right before ovulation mm. or right before day one, I'd definitely be considering yeah. histamine intolerance as a major driving factor. Mm-hmm. And the migraines occur because histamine releases nitric oxide in the body, which mm-hmm. dilates blood vessels that surround the brain, yeah. which leads to migraine. And uh, these symptoms can improve upon reducing histamine. Mm. So it's a great link to discover with migraines because yeah. anyone who suffers from migraines or uh, quite regular headaches mm. understands how intense and debilitating they can be. And the cause of migraines for individuals is, can be quite ambiguous, yeah. multifactorial. Um, but based on the women I've worked with, identifying histamine intolerance and linking it with yep. increased estrogen mm-hmm. and treating it as be a huge relief yeah. for so many people. I can imagine, yeah. And I, I think I also remember there being studies about um, IBS as well, that it peaks, the symptoms will peak just before, yeah. during PMS, and that it affects more women than men. So yeah. that just explains this link even further. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, it's also important to point out that, mm. that this can happen for women during perimenopause and menopause. Yeah which might make some people think, hold on, but um, estrogen's dropping. Mm. So why would mm. um, they be getting histamine yeah. intolerance levels? But this is because the hormone progesterone is what begins to drop first. Mm. So relative to progesterone, estrogen can be quite high in some women going mm-hmm. through perimenopause and transitioning to menopause. Mm. So it's all about the ratios. Yeah. yeah. So I've worked with a number of women, uh, middle-aged women who out of nowhere, start to experience histamine intolerance yeah. symptoms. Mm. Yeah. And so boosting or supporting progesterone production is an important treatment strategy as well. Mm-hmm. Because progesterone is antihistamine. Mm. It prevents estrogen dominance. And progesterone can also, it directly inhibits histamine from release in the mast cells. Yeah. So this is something a practitioner can help you work on. To hint, hint, a lot of adrenal support <laughs> required. Yes. Um, yeah, another interesting point that strengthens the link between histamine intolerance and estrogen is um, histamine intolerance symptoms are heavily relieved during pregnancy. Wow. Because the placenta of a pregnant woman, it increases DAO enzyme mm. production 500 fold. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the enzyme that breaks yes. histamine down. Yeah. So other than the hormonal imbalances and estrogen issues, are there anything else, um, any other things that can contribute to developing histamine intolerance? Like how does yeah. this come about for a person? 
Yeah, so on a physiological level, the most common highlighted cause of histamine intolerance you'll see mentioned by bloggers, functional doctors, uh, other practitioners, naturopaths, mm -hmm. is a deficiency in the enzyme DAO. Yeah. Uh, so the enzyme that breaks histamine down and is in fact produced in the lining of your intestine mm. in the gut. Mm -hmm. So DAO enzyme supplements are really popular on the mm. internet. Um, it's simply saying that the enzyme deficiency is the cause of histamine intolerance and take, so take the DAO supplement that's just too reductionist. Yeah. You know, we need to take a step back and ask well, what causes the reduction in enzymes yeah. actually. Mm. And so the clue here is that the enzyme is produced in the lining of the intestine. So we're back to the gut. Again. <laughs> Again. Yes. Uh, like a broken record. But yeah, more specifically in a nutshell, dysbiosis yeah. or microbial imbalance in the gut, which basically drives gut inflammation, damages the lining of the gut wall, kind of leads to intestinal inflammation and leaky gut. Yeah. So if you want to know a bit more about leaky gut mm. in detail, definitely go back and listen to our podcast from last week. Yeah. We dove into that in a lot more detail. Uh, there is a lot of evidence to support this. We know in clinical trials that in people diagnosed with IBS, there is altered histamine receptor expression. Mm -hmm. um, we know through clinical trials that dysbiosis directly increases histamine levels in the gut. Mm -hmm. uh, we know in those with histamine intolerance, there is intestinal barrier dysfunction, so leaky gut. Um, and when there's dysbiosis, there is an increased activation of the immune system in general, which leads to more histamine production. Yeah. So you need to treat dysbiosis to treat histamine intolerance. Mm -hmm. uh, so to do this, you need to remove uh, and treat any food allergies or intolerances that do exist yeah. on top of histamine intolerance, um, which people typically do with an elimination diet or we deal with quite quickly and effectively here at Health and Wellness. Yeah. Um, and also just working with a gut-savvy naturopath who can interpret it microbiome testing and target very specific bacterial strains and uh, pre and probiotic therapies. Um, like a weed and seed kind of approach? Uh, depends okay. in some, in mm -hmm. some uh, clients, mm -hmm. um, depending if more specifically those with SIBO or who have infections, yep. they might need a bit of a weed and seed. But mm -hmm. if it's just general, even quite bad, dysbiosis, a lot of people just really need very targeted pre and probiotic and anti-inflammatory strategies. Okay. Yeah, because um, some of those herbs can be quite strong and can have some collateral damage on the gut. Mm. Yeah. Um, and a downstream effect of dysbiosis can be SIBO. Yeah. And this is very common in mm. those. I've worked with so many people um, who have SIBO and histamine intolerance. And yeah, goes hand so, in hand. Yeah, yeah. so depending on your gut symptoms, you'd need to rule out and address this if necessary, particularly if you've got the, you know, regular loose stools, lots of bloating and abdominal pain. That's clearly for um, SIBO. Yes, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, medications too. I wouldn't say they're a direct cause, but if you have histamine intolerance, they certainly exacerbate symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, there's a huge list of meds that block because they block DAO enzyme. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this includes antidepressants, blood pressure medications, antipsychotics. Um, you know, it's common for people to start all these medications and then they start randomly experiencing uh, classic allergy symptoms yeah. because the 
um, these meds are blocking the enzyme that help you break down mm. histamine. Yeah. It's going to be a trigger. Yes. Mm. So, um, and this can be after their gut microbiome is disrupted as well and their gut wall integrity so yep. like your gut. Mm. So it's um, a combination of things, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but mm. some medications can really exacerbate. Yep. And, um, yeah, they're kind of the main causes. Okay. Yeah. yeah and I guess if you go back and listen to our previous mm. podcast, listening to what causes dysbiosis. Yeah, is going to be your starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of foods are histamine actually in? Can we just, before we wrap up, we'll just go yeah. through a bit of a list. Yeah. Yeah. So the list of histamine-containing foods that may need to be removed usually comes as a bit of a shock <laughs> to people because they are all very seemingly healthy foods. Yeah. They're not bad foods. Um in quotation marks, I say that. <laughs> uh, but and many people look and comment in horror that mm. the list kind of makes up the majority of their diet. Yeah, because that's the first thing people do if they're not feeling well. Yeah. They think, oh, I'll clean up my diet, starting healthy. Totally. But, yeah, this can and, be sort um, of... jump on the bandwagon of gut-healthy foods, yeah. which are very high in histamine. Mm. So starting off with fermented foods. Mm-hmm. So kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, very high in histamine. Mm. So like you just said, this is a classic one. People got gut issues or whatever. Okay, I'm going to sort out my gut. Even I'm going to get on the GAPS diet. You know, it's a very popular gut healing diet, Mm. which um, very heavy on fermented foods. Also bone broth. Bone broth is very Mm. high in histamine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Alcohol is a big one. Uh, particularly wine, beer, champagne. Yeah. Uh, citrus fruits. Uh, most of the citrus fruits are very high in histamine. Uh, pineapple, strawberries, bananas, papaya, mm-hmm. dried fruits yep. in the fruit category. Um, avocado, eggplant, spinach, tomatoes, very high in histamine. Um, all nuts and peanuts. Yep. Uh, sourdough bread, dairy, so cow's milk, aged cheese, including goats, yep. sour cream, yogurt, cow's milk. Uh, cured meats are a big one, like bacon and salami. Mm-hmm. Um, shellfish, mackerel and sardines. Yep. Smoked fish of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, chocolate, uh, vinegars, miso, soy yep. sauce, yep. black and green tea. Mm-hmm. These are kind of, there's some more, but they're the main yeah. ones. By the way, we do have, um, we can send through a full food list for histamines as yes. well for anyone who is interested. Um, just send us an email um, with the contact details on this page. Yeah. yeah. And so histamine, it is in most foods to some degree. Yeah. So it's a more a matter of, um, well, for the purpose of trying to figure out whether or not you have it, it's good to be very strict yeah. and remove all that stuff for the week of trialing completely low histamine diet. Yeah. But if it is there and when treating it, it's more a matter of reducing your total load yep. rather than completely avoiding because um, in the long term, that yeah. is, it's near impossible. It's just not going to happen yet. Yeah. Mm. But that's what's really cool about positive association technique that yep. we do here. You don't have to follow those diets as well. Yeah. Mm. So we uh, increase the ability of your body, mm-hmm. body to handle the histamine foods. You can start yep. bringing them in a lot quicker, start increasing your threshold and also while treating other food intolerances. Yeah. Yeah. And so a a really important thing to understand about reducing histamine load is to eat foods as fresh as possible. Yeah. 
because uh, any aged or fermented foods or mm. even leftover foods, uh, yeah. histamine content of food starts yeah. to increase. Because they're a, pro a breakdown, a result of breakdown of protein. Is that right? So that's how yes. why they're in these, these fermented and aged foods. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So including so fresh meat and fish, got to kind of strictly avoid any canned fish, uh, any leftovers. Wow, yeah. So uh, frozen meat is mm -hmm. fine. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're kind of the key foods. Yeah. Okay. So how do you go about treating histamine intolerance? What's the treatment protocols? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess uh, a general kind of blueprint is to kind of go on the low histamine for a week. Yeah. See how you feel. So essentially we want symptom relief. So we go on a low histamine diet and then we work on all the other layers, you know, um, addressing gut dysbiosis, improving digestion in general. Some people might do well on digestive enzymes um, treating any gut inflammation, supporting the nervous mm -hmm. system and the adrenals. Um, there are particular nutrients we need to make the DAO enzyme. Uh, so they are B6, zinc, vitamin C and copper. Mm -hmm. Most people would usually be deficient in zinc, yeah. not so much copper, mm -hmm. unless you were really um, smashing the zinc supplements. Yes. <laughs> um, but you... These supplements will help you make the enzyme, but essentially you must heal the gut. Yeah, comes back to under, yeah, the underlying cause. Yeah, gut, leaky yep. gut, dysbosis, yep. same old story, yeah. huh? <laughs> and um, improving that barrier function, mm -hmm. um, which makes the DAO enzyme. Yeah. You know, we have to treat the cause. Yeah. Um, and then after some time reducing your histamine load in the diet, diet and healing the gut, yeah and addressing other food intolerances and kind of helping balance out hormones, estrogen. dealing with the excess estrogen, helping make progesterone. It's really a matter of slowly reintroducing these foods and seeing what works for you. Because everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone's going to have a different threshold. Yeah. Someone even on, on improvement may remain sensitive to a particular yeah. food. Yeah. Just, you know, work with someone because yeah. it's very stressful trying to figure it out in your own. Yeah. Working with a health professional is the key way to go. With this yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. And then we'd also look at treating you for all the allergies and or mm. intolerances yeah. you presented with. That it might've come about it. from it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just um, the kinesiology and hat treatments mm. are particularly um, effective. Yep. With yeah. histamine intolerance. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for chatting to us today, Stephen. And no if worries. anyone does have any questions, um, please get in contact with us through our website, which is naturalallergytreatment.com.au. Um, you can also give us a call on 1300 853 Or if you're in New Zealand, the number is 09479 So yeah, just get in touch or we can send you through the histamine food list to get you started. Um, or we can talk about some treatment options too. Thank you.